0: Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels, and welcome to my podcast. It is December 20th, 2022. Merry Christmas to everybody. This is Q&A number 123, and um, this is Christmas week. So this podcast is basically made for my Facebook virtual coaching group, a place where I can coach all of you at once. And I have to say, um, life can absolutely be a challenge for sure. But God is great. This group was started uh, in August of 2020 and has had over 220 people sign up. And um, it's just been a really nice blessing. Welcome new members, Delena and uh, Nicole from Florida. Uh, this week in the uh, challenge, actually for this month, the challenges for the group for this month are where to shave time and how. And I talked about that last week at 10 different places that you should analyze where you might be losing time on the pattern and that's your skill um for this month of December to think about that and figure out where and we'll and I discussed it more in last week's podcast um the mindset is to stay inspired you know and focus on the positives you know life is definitely a challenge it has its ups and its downs so does barrel racing and um It is very important that we always try to find the good in everything. Um, It just helps us keep a good, strong uh, mindset of of mental toughness. It keeps us happy and positive and keep us focused on uh, being present and also on our future. So um, the story I want to share with you guys, um, as I mentioned, um, this morning as I woke up to go to the barn, it was the first time in 30 years actually my entire life, that I've ever got up to go to the barn and um, said, come on, out of habit, and there was no dog to follow me, I lost um, my dog uh, yesterday to lymphoma, um, he was 12 years old, and little Jack Russell mix, and um, you know, it's it's kind of um, crazy, I, I always say, you know, if if I came to you and said, I would love you every single day, and be happy to see you, and spend time with you doing fun adventures and and be ready to just relax and chill or go have a great time and just be cheerful in all conditions. And um, I would do that with you every single day for 10 to 15 years, but then I would break your heart in the end. Would you do it? And, you know, I think about that with dogs. It hurts so much every time you have to say goodbye to one. But I remember as a little girl having a little Heinz 57 Dog I named Rough Tough. and then when I was a teenager and I was going to get my license and drive, I wanted an Australian Shepherd to ride in the back of my truck, and I ended up with Australian Shepherd mix, and she was just my best friend for all of my teen and early twenty years, Sierra, and then was the beginning of my Rottweilers, um, Shelby, and then she had a litter for me, Cody and Sierra. She only had two, and the runt died, so I kept them and spaded her. I was done with the whole breeding thing. And um, I have my Rottweilers in my mid-30s and 40s. And then I have my Jacks and my Cowboy um, in my 40s and 50s. And, um, you know, I, I've never been without a dog. So it felt really odd last night to wake up and not have a dog in the house or go to feed this morning and not have a dog to follow you. And, and you know, after I get my hip surgery in february i'll probably find me a new best friend because i can't imagine life without a dog but right now i don't you know i'm not ready right now i just need whew, i just need process it's been a year losing one horse and two dogs it's been a rough year but i never really thought that through you guys and this is a tip if you have a bunch of young horses right now and they're all in their prime winning and their horses you're like me and you keep them forever realize that you're going to end up with a bunch of old retired horses at the same time too same with the dogs, So um, I guess that's a good thing to stagger them. And, um, you know, because it's still the same expense. If not, you know, you have expenses when they're young of, you know, keeping them sound for competition horses. And then you have expenses when they're older just for the extra senior care. So, it you know, it definitely makes a difference, especially if you're like me and you keep them forever. So anyhow, um, just a tip for anybody. <laughs> so anyhow, um you know, maybe staggering. I'm having a puppy and an old dog and a young horse and an older horse, I don't know. So, but you know, I think God brings everybody into our lives for a reason and that's our journey that we're on and and um you know, when they come and when they go, you know, it's just the way it is. So, But I, I focus on the, I cherish the memories. I focus on all the great times we rode in that 500 acres of cow pasture, the horses and dogs. I spent more time. If I look back over the last 20 years, I spent more time with my horses and dogs than any one human in my life, even my husband and my son, because they were seven days a week while they were off at work and school and all of that. I was with the horses and dogs 24 seven out in that cow pasture, so you know, lots of memories made um, with them. They went everywhere with me, whether we were scalloping on the boat or going to a barrel race or riding out in the cow pasture, or working in the arena, riding the four wheelers, whatever they were with me. So, so it's, it's a, it's a loss, you know, it's a memory though that you'll cherish forever for sure. Anyhow, um, let's go on to have brighter things. So uh, right now on the personal best list, we have 12 names. So that's awesome. Whenever you have a personal best, I don't care if it's mastering your first barrel, a fast time in a new arena, or you got your cult to finally, you know, break in the pole or pick up their leads, finally lead changes, whatever. That's a personal best. You let me know about it. We'll put you in the drawing. Once a month, we pick a name for a prize and you can choose from the prizes available. And um, for housekeeping, real quick, before I get into the topic for today in the Q&A, remember that uh, if you want your videos private, that's totally okay. If you don't mind sharing them in the group, that's great too, because everybody can learn from each other. And either way is perfectly fine. And uh, don't forget to take advantage of the Members Only website. Uh, I keep all of my videos, training videos, there organized by topic. Anything from cult starting to foundation training, how to pattern, how to tune up, dry work, drills, you name it. It's all there organized and you just click on the video link and you can watch a the video. There's over 150 videos there. Um, in the new year, um, if you would refer a friend, that would be awesome. Uh, my business only grows on word of mouth. I don't pay for any kind of advertising, so for 30 years... My business has stayed alive strictly off of references, so I appreciate anybody giving a shout out for me. Thank you for that. And um, let's see here. I um, I've got half the videos done from the weekend. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've got about eight videos left to do that I've got in so far. So I'll be working on those today. And uh, let's see what else. If ever you don't hear from me within two days. Three days max, especially if it's a weekend. Like, I spend all day Monday working on weekend videos and all day Tuesday. So, if you haven't heard back from me by Wednesday, check in with me and make sure I did not miss your video somehow. I keep a list, but every once in a while, I do miss things. Let's see here. I'm going to get into the questions before the topic. The first question is, um, how to feel if a horse, um, isn't firing or just shutting me out? Um, you know, so, so if you're, if you don't know if your horse is just not firing or they're truly ignoring you, you should be able to feel it when you're riding them. You really have to think about riding their hindquarters in the hole. We've been joking with some of the members today saying, ride the hiney in the hole, just as a remember to remind you, but the only way you're going to ride the hiney in the hole is by riding with your hiney and your legs. So, if you just try to sit up over the horse's withers, you're riding from the waist up instead of the waist down, and your horse will certainly shut you out. But if you ride from the waist down, um, you will find that uh, you're pushing with your seat, your thighs, your calves, your feet, and your energy's forward. You're looking where you want to go. Your hands are forward, and you can smooch at them. You can drive them that way, and you'll be surprised what a difference it makes. It also matters if you practice Uh, Several of you that had a great weekend told me that you've been what you've been working on and how working and practicing has really paid off for you. I, I promise you, you get what you put into it and, you know, really thinking it through, you know, what can I do? Now, there are sometimes a horse will shut you out if they're not feeling good. If they're a bleeder, for instance, there can be horses that never bleed out their nose but bleed just in their lungs, meaning like um, you're kicking and you're kicking and they fired really hard to first, but they start slowing down to second, slowing down to third, and they don't run home. Sometimes those horses are gradually um, drowning in their lungs and it scares them so they back off, they slow down no matter how hard you kick. So you want to make sure you don't have a bleeder. And you also have to look at, is your horse only fit enough for a one-day show? Maybe the second day or the third day they, they slow down more. Maybe you haven't had enough fitness for a three-day show. You know, if you can imagine doing the NFR 10 days, those ladies generally ride their horses every day for an hour a day to get them ready for that kind of fitness. And then you also have to schedule in rest and recovery too. You have to give them time off to let the muscles heal as well. So, you know, it really takes a lot of thought and process of keeping him healthy. The next question, um, feeling the difference. um, I don't know how to tell if my horse is a free runner or a push horse. And if you could explain that. So in my opinion, there's really every horse is an individual and you can have a horse. that's a combination of that. As a trainer, I had to learn to ride every kind of horse. Um, I wasn't that luxury of I'll just pick certain types of horses as a jockey. I had to learn to ride every horse as a trainer. So some horses are free runners, some are push style, and some are a combination of that on the pattern. Normally those horses can be one way on the pattern. They're usually the same way in their warm-up or other things, but sometimes they're different than that too. So I call them a woe horse or a go horse. If you have a horse that's pretty lazy and you got to kind of wake them up to get them to long trot or to lope, that I would call your woe horse. If you have a horse that's really forward and they would rather long trot or lope fast or walk fast, that horse is more your go horse. But on the pattern, you could have a horse that what it means by a free runner is they'll run to each barrels without having to be kicked. They take off and fire pretty hard, so you don't have to kick them at all. You just sit up and and then you're asking them to rate and turn. But they do want to rate and turn a barrel. A free runner doesn't necessarily have to mean they don't rate and turn. It just means you don't have to really kick them between the barrels because they fire hard themselves. A push horse, you're going to be kicking them more um, to the barrels you might have to even wake them up with a whip in the alleyway you might have to really kick five or six times between the barrels you're even over and under them between the barrels that's a true push horse then you could have a combination of a horse a horse that you just have to kick a couple times to drive them out of the barrels or a horse that you float them to first and really drive them to second or third And honestly, in the beginning, they might be one way and then change later too. Sometimes your futurity year or novice horse year, they're freer and then they become more push style. They're opener seasoning years ahead. So you really just ride the horse you're at where you're at, you know, and meet them where they're at. And it's just some horses that are more sensitive I would maybe put more in the go category or the free runner category and the horses that are more dull or lazy. I would put more in the whoa or push type horses, you know, like my Briscoe can be a combination. My yellow horse, she's a, more of a, a free runner to first and then push to second and third, but she's super quiet trail horse, but she's super sensitive and gets kind of upset when there's too much commotion going on around her. Um, So every horse is unique. Rocky's really laid back all everything, you know, trail ride in the arena and on the pattern. So he's going to be more push style. So, you know, everybody likes what they like. Some people like to not have to kick. Some people like a horse that runs hard, but also rates and turns. Some horses require you to help them rate. And again, that would be your combination horse. So the next question was about um, inconsistent turns. So if you are inconsistent in your turns, you need to go back to basics and slow things down on the pattern as well. So do drills like single barrel or D pattern or figure eights. Make sure you don't have any holes in your foundation like vertical face flexion, lateral face flexion, transitions, perfect circles at all sizes and speeds like spirals, or corkscrews and then go back to the barrels and make sure your horse rates off your seat and has perfect turns slow and don't go faster than you can do it correct and that might mean exhibitioning for a while or, or going to a competition and slowing things down there instead of trying to go for 3d go for 40. Um, the other thing uh, is to look at the rider cues a lot of inconsistent turns are caused by the riders nine times out of ten If there's nothing wrong with the horse, it's going to be caused by the rider. So make sure you're looking at rider cues as long as well as your teamwork and your foundation and your slow work and drills. The next question about using a whip in a turn or spurs. So here's a really good example of that. In Colorado, I went for private lessons with Kelly Yates. And when I got there, she was saddling Firewater Fiesta It was her futurity year going into her derby year and she was starting to grow a wither. So she was trying different saddles on her. And um, I brought my dash for cash horse who was not quite snapping his third barrel. So Kelly had me, you know, kind of evaluate my horse and me and she wanted him way more vertical than I had him and um, for much longer periods at times, you know, like, uh, and then also when we went to the barrel pattern, she also had me using my spur to uh, get him to finish that third barrel outside leg spur and and put that on him. And it worked really great at her house. But when I left, I forgot to ask, you know, how often do I do this? And do I do it during the week for tuning and, and in competition, vice versa? So I'd already done it like twice more that week and then went to a barrel race that weekend. And it kind of scared him. And he actually got more blown up in the third barrel and blew out wider because he was anticipating the spur. And so anything can be overdone. You can create a hot spot in a horse. A hot spot just means a place where you've pressured them too much and they've gotten emotional or mental about it. I was able to go back and fix him by just stopping by not doing that drill anymore. So answering your question, if you should use a whip to tap him on the shoulder to get him by a barrel or use a spur to get them to, you know, stay off the barrel, you have to know your horse and know how sensitive they are. And anything can be overdone. So I would rather show them with lighter aids personally. And um, sometimes just having the spurs on or having the whip in your hand is enough for a horse because they know it's there. But just remember that anything can be overdone and create a hot spot. So you want to watch that. If it works once, leave it alone and move on. But don't use it overly done in your training or your, uh, and that, you know, these are things I learned the hard way in the early 90s. And that's why I'm sharing them with you to help you avoid those problems. Um, and like I said, just keep track of what's working and what's not. And um, and so that answered both the questions about what's a hot spot and also using a whip and a, or a spur and a turn. But occasionally you can use a, a whip to maybe tap them on the inside shoulder to keep them going or maybe tap them, leaving a turn. Um, Matter of fact, I remember at a Martha Josie clinic, my little Cali horse in Colorado was not as snappy as they thought she could be leaving her barrel. So they had me tap her on the butt behind the barrel with my crop, which I wouldn't personally recommend that over the years. I mean, that's pretty hard to sit and drive a horse with a whip uh, in a turn. And again, it can create a hot spot when overdone. So I feel like whipping out of the turn is better personally with most horses. But in her case, because she was a little bit uh, lazy doing that one time, got her to think about spiring out a little bit harder. But you can also do it without a whip. You can actually go into the barrel easy and be relaxed going in at your rate spot and around to your pivot spot, but then pitch the reins to their ears and smooch them Out And you could do this at a walk, trot and a lope and whatever speed they take off out, let them go out about halfway and then ease them back down going into the next barrel and um, just let them slow down. And and then you'll be fine um, because you're teaching them easy in, easy around, but fire out. So again, as I mentioned, anything can be overdone. So you want to pay attention to your horse and watch for hot spots emotionally or mentally. Let's see here. So I hope that answers that question. And then let me see if I have any other ones. Okay. Uh, the next topic, the topic is going to be. Last week we talked about a whole lot of goals for 2023, so I'm just going to talk about the first five from the uh, Q and A on um, the uh, December 6, which was last week, on um, setting your goals. So the first thing you need to get, in my opinion, is a journal. A journal is going to help you um, track your progress and your performance and help you know, you know, the thing is with Barrow sometimes you'll go and you'll change five things and you won't know what's working. You'll change your saddle, your bit, your warm up, your tuning, your supplements, and then you'll be like, "Uh oh, I don't know what works. So I guess I better keep up all five or you won't know what didn't work if it didn't work. So. That's why I say try to only change one thing at a time so you can say, yes, that's working or no, that's not working. The second thing is your schedule. Start to figure out, know your horse. You know, some horses do better a day off before the barrel race. Some do better with a little tune-up the day before. Some do better if they're ridden every day. Some do better if they're ridden every other day. So you just kind of have to know your horse. And then what kind of rides? maybe do I need a trail ride, maybe do I need just drills, maybe I need some slow work on the barrels, um, kind of get to know your horse, back to basics, and just do dry work out in the pasture, I don't even need to be in the arena, Um, kind of get to know what works best for them, should I do more collection work, more fluid work, more flex work, uh, more backing circles, backing up, you know, things like that, and then the third thing is about your big goal, and reversing it, so The reason it's fun to set a goal, you know, you have to know what you need. Like I told you guys to pick a word for next year. What's your word going to be for the group? My word is believe. I want each and every one of you to believe in yourself and believe in your horse because I believe in you and I'm going to keep keep trying to have you you know, find through everything I teach you or your video reviews to believe in yourself too, to find the positives in things. Of course, we can always find something to improve in, but we also need to focus on how far we've come in this last year as well. So, um, but so my group, my group for, that's going to be my word for you guys, but I think my word for me is going to be thrive. I haven't fully decided, but I think Thrive is going to be it because I feel like since my divorce in 2016, I've been surviving. You know, I've been learning to be on my own after, you know, living with my father for 25 years and then with my husband for 26 years. I've never been on my own. So it's been a big change for me to be completely on my own and and also older now with uh, needing hip surgery and having to rotate my business from training to 100% coaching and clinics. lessons um that's all been a big change in the last five years so change life is full of changes right life is always changing but a lot of people don't like change so so you end up feeling like you're surviving always waiting for that shoe to drop rather than thriving and I really want to move now into my part of my life where I'm really excited about everything once I get my hip fixed I won't have to work in pain and I'll be able to ride again and um and, you know, I'm excited. That's going to only be a month downtime. Uh, you know, I'll still be able to do lessons after a couple of weeks, probably with, you know, just taking it easy. As long as I don't get bumped by any horses, I'm good, but just nice. And, you know, gotta, you gotta walk, you gotta get back in shape and do the physical therapy and all that stuff. So there'll be some things I can do, some things I can't do, like heavy lifting and things like that. But, but, um, but yeah, so it'd be good to get back in shape and do all of that. And then, um, what else so so thrive I like the word thrive you know to really thrive in the new year and have that as your mindset instead of just that survival mode of of changing everything you know changing where you live changing your business changing your lifestyle just everything's changing to really being happy with where everything is now and peaceful and joyful and all of that and just survive and and thriving now instead of the other attitude of just surviving so so I do think that's important I think it's important to pick a life that makes you happy, one that you're proud of, that brings you peace and joy. And for each person, that's going to be different. Each of you will have different goals with your horse. Some of you, it's just going to be to be the personal best with your horse you can be. Some of it's going to be to improve your horsemanship. Um, some of you are, it's going to be to have a you know big goal like you know uh, you know in the pro rodeo or super shows, things like that. And that's okay. Everybody's going to have different goals. So pick what it is for you and do what makes you happy and brings you joy. So the fourth thing is going to be that barrel racing log. That's really important um, because you can go back and say, okay, last time I was at PacWest, this is what happened. I've got my videos to review. I've got my notes. What went good, what, what I need to work on, and what I'll focus on this time and everything can help you and it can be subtle things from a saddle change that helps you sit sit better in the turns or get up better leaving the turns it can be you know a bit that your horse likes you know versus a bit a horse doesn't like um it can be you know your focus when you go to the barrels you know are you looking at your spots are you are you um you know in sync with your horse your timing your position how's your mental game are you relaxed all of these things matter So that's why it's important to have a barrel racing log. And then fifth is to know you and to know your horse. Everybody's going to have their own pre-race routine, what gets them calm and focused. I made suggestions in the group last Friday. I put in there the kiss theory, the five things I recommend you do, such as when you enter, you know, uh, looking how the arena is, visualizing your run in that arena, taking deep breaths, connecting to your horse, saying a little prayer for safety and a good run, and, um, and then going out there and trusting it by focusing on one or two things. And um, then after you run, this, that's the time where you trust your homework and you do everything the same. You treat it like your homework at home and just let it pay off for you at the show. And then afterwards, you find what went well and you find something you're going to work on to improve on next. And that's how you keep going forward. You know, so many people give up and quit in life when it gets too hard. And a lot of people give up and quit in sports, especially like barrel racing, because it is a challenge, you know, but anything worthwhile is a challenge. So that's why you have to have a plan and execute it. And just, I promise you, um, I've been successful for 30 years in my business because I work at it a little bit every day. It's not, you know, anything like a rocket science to be successful with training horses, or competing it's just working out a little bit every day you get better the person I was as a trainer and as a horseman 20 years ago you know or, or 25 years ago versus five years or 10 years or 15 you know you're always getting better so just keep that in mind that with time you will get better and better and the fifth and final thing as I mentioned was knowing you and your horse um you know as I'm as I'm I, I will never stop learning because Every single horse I meet, every single rider I meet are different. So they're each unique and everybody's gonna be slightly different. So even after 1,800 horses and riders, they're all unique and special in their own way. And they all learn differently and they all like certain things a certain way or a combination of that. Sure, there are certain categories. You've got your four wheel drive horses, maybe your rollback horses. You know, maybe your front endy horses, you've got horses that want to bend more and horses that are stiffer. Um, you have laid-back horses, hot horses. You have people who are, you know, uh, you know, getting their head too much or you have people that are really chilled out. You have people who think, you know, too much and, and others that are just really relaxed, right? So, so um, everybody's unique in that way too. Some people learn by doing. Some people can learn by watching. Um, you know, some people, most people will learn by a combination of watching and doing so, you know, it's just, everybody's unique and and they all have different ways of processing and learning. So all of that, you know, makes a difference. So I want to leave you with, um, just remember to always love your horse first. And I want to make this week about. Just being present and just loving your horse and loving your life and focusing on the good things. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season. The sport should always come second to the horse. And I want to close with, um, with, uh, with that in mind. You know, um, just remember that uh, God gave us Jesus uh, as a gift because he knew men would sin. It's, it's, um, it is human to err, um, you know, you don't want to judge people harshly because what if you were to be judged for things that you are not done perfect in your life over the years, you know, we're, we're given the 10 commandments to follow and not everybody does, but, but that's why God gave us Jesus, you know, as an, as an example and as to die for our sins and to give us that eternity in heaven, um. But I think God also knows our heart. So so I do feel like um, it's important that we go through our life, especially this week with Christmas, and and just really finding the joy and the peace and the happiness and that compassion. This is a time of, you know, giving to others and appreciating the loved ones in your life and all of that. And I really think as long as we keep uh, Jesus as our focus, as the reason for the season, um, you know, things will continue to go as they should for 2023. So I'm just going to leave you. I know this is a hard time for some people. For some people, Christmas is an awesome time. They just are with their family and their friends. They don't really have any hardships. But for other people, this is a hard time. They've lost they've lost loved ones this year or years past. Um, And it is a triggering or harder time. So if I can leave you with any last minute thing, it's to focus on the good stuff you know, and get out and do something fun with the, your family or your friends or your horses and just stay focused on that. Do something kind for somebody else. And um, all those things will put you in the, the Christmas mood and the mood for the new year. So thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, ride with heart. God bless. And um, thank you for being a part of Team TLC. And to some of those that have been sending me messages lately that you enjoy my podcast and have joined the group due to the podcast thank you for that that makes me feel good to know that other people are out there learning from TLC that have never been to a lesson or a clinic um, or even in my coaching group so I'm glad that my podcast can help others and um, someone else asked about if I had drills uh, in a book somewhere yes on Amazon I do have a book but if you join the group for a month and there's a bunch of videos and all my diagrams and drills as well and my members only um page and also in the group so so for $15 you get all that and you don't have to stay forever you can just join for a month and then leave whenever you want or come back whenever you want so anyhow thank you guys and have a Merry Christmas